Why, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Peer Pressure Podcast. I am Diane, sometimes known as Diane Kamikaze, and I am your host. The reason why I do this podcast is because I like to say I am a champion of heavy music. I've always found my favorite songs since I was a young kid had riffs, hooks, were either metal, hardcore, hard rock, or punk, or something fairly aggressive in attitude and sound. And I am all about appreciating the people that keep that world going, whether they're musicians, webmasters, other podcasters, record label and festival owners. It's important to me to recognize what these people do in that realm of music. So I am here to bring them to you in a different context, more than a Wikipedia entry or a press release, a little more personal and a lot more fun. I'm a rocker for life, and I hope these episodes do make a difference. Send me feedback at diane at wfmu.org. And my Facebook page is Diane Kamikaze Farris, Rocker for Life. Like my page there, and I will keep everybody updated on podcast episodes in that space. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned. My guest today is Brad Davidson. His current musical endeavor is Phantom Ratio. You might know him also as the bassist for the Wipers and the Jesus and Mary chain. Got some guest DJing from him as well as a really nice interview. At some point he talks about a list of record stores in Southern California that uh, carry the Phantom Ratio material. So let's pray to the Phantom Ratio and talk to Brad Davidson. Brad, are you there? Yeah, hi. Brad hey. Davidson here. Thank you. Thank you for showing up. We've got Brad, My pleasure. We've got Brad Davidson on the line. And uh, Brad, if you will, just give me a little... Uh, I mean, I don't know how little it can be, but a, a rundown of uh, why you're on the show and, uh, and get the listeners up to speed on uh, what's going on for you now and, and a bit of your background. Well, let's see. I'm on the show now because uh, you're gracious enough to request me to, to do this spot with you. <laughs> and um, I imagine that was because of my pedigree, which um, fortunately I was blessed enough to spend a fair amount of time playing with the Wipers, Greg Sage. And then I lucked out and got a job playing bass with the Jesus and Mary chain, which made me a little bit more noteworthy than machinist that I am. At the moment, I have uh, my new combo, which is called Phantom Ratio, two words, P-H-A-N-T-O-M-R-A-T-I-O. We're a science fiction rock band out of San Diego, California, with Scott Taylor on drums and Eric Steen on guitar. And uh, by science fiction, what do you mean? Can you expand on that a little bit? A lot of it's, uh, we deal with uh, similar issues and things like that. I mean, we're in a, we're kind of in the future right now all the time, so we're futuristic. Uh, it's hard for me to go into too much detail, but um, we're very much like a science fiction B-movie uh, come punk rock band. Oh, okay. And where can people find out about Phantom Ratio? Aside uh, from what we'll be talking about today and, uh, and playing, you have a, uh, a site... Yeah, our site now is on the most uh, widely known internet uh, interactive social network, which is... Uh, the one that starts with F. Yeah, and uh, there's a B somewhere, and ends with a K. Uh, yeah, but uh, that's until we're building a website as we speak. People that want to get a uh, link to that can get a hold of us until that time in the interim on the former... Uh, widely known social interactive internet network. So on that that uh, that book of of faces, you can like Phantom Ratio, and you are just um, the band is listed as Phantom Ratio, spelled before as as Brad did. Um, so did you grow up in Portland? Is that where you're from? Yeah, I grew up. I moved around quite a bit. I was born in Southern-ish Oregon, Southwest Roseburg. 
and that was about 20 miles from where I actually lived at that time. Well, I was born first, and then I lived in a town about 20 miles south of there called Dillard, which isn't on every map, but I moved around quite a bit, so between Portland, uh, Seattle, and Roseburg, Dillard, Winston. So um, how did you actually hook up with the Wipers? In Portland, I met Greg Sage, and uh, he uh, asked me if I wanted to come over and uh, jam a little bit. We did, and we kind of just went from there. What was that scene like at that time? It was really cool, Dan. You wouldn't even recognize it by today, by, you know, the way things are today. It was, uh, there was a lot of energy, there was a lot of excitement. People were, like, really excited about doing something different and new, and especially in a kind of a smaller town, which Portland really isn't anymore, but it was at the time. Mm. But it's on I-5, so you had all the, like, bands coming up from uh, L.A., like Black Flag, and, you know, you had DOA coming down from uh, Canada. Oh, wow. And uh, Dead Kennedys were around a lot. Let's see, the Avengers and Bills. Wow. Wow, yeah, there are, you have the whole, that whole Danger House corner is over there. Wow. That must have been amazing. And, um, it was. It was really cool. And, is, and of course, like, and of course, there was the Wipers, which were like, even though from Portland was probably one of the best things that I ever saw at the time. And to actually, it was a dream to even play in that band. And I, I to be honest with you, I didn't think it would ever happen. So you were a fan then before you um, you were in the band. Absolutely. So then, what was that like actually having Greg asking you to jam with him? It was uh, overwhelming a little bit, you know. I was kind of, uh, I was a little bit, I was pretty nervous at first, you know, and I, and I was for many years, you know, still, you know, working with me. Because I, the, ba- the previous bass player, Dave Copel, it's like now I can kind of mechanically, as far as the bass playing part goes, kind of hold a candle to, to his work. He was like, and I will say, probably one of the best bass players that, that, that I'd come across. Well, I'm, sh- I'm I'm sure you you probably deserve more credit than you're giving yourself, but certainly you know you uh, you, you stepped in and that that must have just been an unbelievable sort of thing. So you were a fan of the band and then you were in the band. Yeah, there one, you go. Yeah, one plus one is two, right? Cinderella story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Out of the the records that you played on, what would you say for the the Wipers at least is your favorite record? I really liked uh, a couple of my favorites, which is one you don't see very much, was The Circle. I think it was the last one I did with The Wipers. Youth of America, of course, I wasn't on all of that recording, but a fair chunk of it I was. Some of the bases were double-tracked on that, so I did a minor secondary track on, on some of the stuff. But Youth of America was probably one of the better Wipers records. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, it's like, I think that um, Over the Edge... That release was one of the more widely known uh, records, and it was good. That was the first one I really sort of like took on and actually wrote a couple of my own small bass parts, and that got a lot of notoriety uh, at the time, but it wasn't my favorite. But it was, you know, it was at the top, but I would say probably Land of the Lost was also very good. It's hard to say if there was any one particular release that I, I would uh, put a, uh, ahead of any of the others, but Youth of America. Yeah, I mean, I'm just asking you to yeah, recollect, uh, you're not you're not held to any answer forever, but as somebody who played on the records, and especially, I mean, you're right, I think Youth of America is a, is a very, I don't know if it's rated or not, but it was sort of almost a, a lost, not paid attention to record, and it's a, an amazing record. And then, um, and then Over the Edge definitely did get more more attention, for sure. Yeah, having said that, you know, it's like Buzzo when uh, the Melvins are covering Youth of America. You can see that all over YouTube. I think Jay Maskus is in um, Dinosaur Jr. does a couple, uh, I don't know, uh, Wipers covers, I believe. I'm not sure, but I know he is a Wipers fan. I saw a picture of him on my page of my widely uh, known socially interactive internet network um, of him wearing uh, an over the... Oh, no, that was the box set t-shirt. It's a picture of... uh, the artwork from the box set with Greg's SG leaning up against his uh, Fender Twin. All right, that is the front of the box set, which I have here, the three CD box set. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, people that scratch the surface a little bit more mm-hmm. know of Youth of America and, like, what a phenomenal record that was, but it's like a lot of people just, it's almost kind of retro-ish, so 
so people don't pay as much attention or maybe delve into the, the quality of some of the stuff as, as much as, say, if it was more current. How long had you... Well, first of all, is bass your main instrument? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there was some time, you know, and not so much anymore because I don't actually own a six-string guitar, but many times I have written stuff on guitar, but not so much anymore because i got a very good guitar player in, in uh, Eric Stein who... Uh, played uh, previously, I think he did some stuff with Mark Trombino and some people that went on to do uh, Hot Snakes and or uh, Drive Like Jehu. So I don't really write as much stuff on guitar, so basically anymore. And plus, I'm writing a lot of lyrics and uh, trying to work on my vocals, which is, you know, relatively kind of a new thing for me. So I'm uh, trying to perfect that more and more and trying to Thing more than rather than just open up and shout it out so much, and uh, which is um, a little bit more conducive to getting other people to enjoy it rather than me just spouting off. <laughs> well, you can still spout off and sing, you know. It, it, oh yeah, well, I'm trying to find a happy medium there. Really, that's, that's kind of what the fandom ratio. The ratio is the, the ratio between this and that. It's basically about life in general and. Uh, there's things you can change and things you just sort of have to accept and there's a ratio between the two and it's kind of a ambiguous thing so it's a phantom ratio if, uh, if you catch my drift so is that for everything pretty much oh so that's a sort of a universal it's like a universal code then if you will okay well my interpretation but that i i got it now with your explanation very yeah good. you've got it People put together names of bands all the time that don't mean a thing. You right. Know, I can hear that there's thought process behind that and, and the intentionality of, of sort of working on your vocals and all that. I mean, that's, you know, you've got something to say and you're clear about you want to say it in a way that could be listened to better than if you were shouting. Right. And yeah. it's difficult for me to... Um just, uh, I mean, a lot of people do it, and, you know, I can't, uh, you know, be judgmental about people that have or haven't, or, you know, however people have gone about, you know, the songwriting, you know, system. Mm-hmm. Basically, I can't really just, uh, yeah, 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 do-do-do, la-la-la through songs and, like, put any really real, um, really much of myself into it. It's got to be kind of uh, personal, and however personal, but with that, try to... Uh, get something across that everybody feels on a basic level, which is what doing this whole thing means to me. Part awesome. of it, anyway. Awesome. Yeah, that's killer, and, and I'm glad that you're, I hate to say still doing music, but it's been a number of years since you were in the Wipers. And then, can you tell me about the, um, the stint that you did with the Jesus and Mary chain? Yeah, uh, we just uh, very recently um, did... Uh, a very mini tour. We did uh, three shows with the Mary Chain, and um, that kind of like was um, a perfect circle there is where I got a job with them in 1992. Let's see, I got that basically through the guy that did front end sound, Rob DeVries, Dutch guy, called the big Dutch bastard, but he is a great guy. I love that guy. <laughs> um, and I was hoping to see him this time around, but they didn't have the same crew they had when I worked for them. But um, anyway, he did front end sound for the Wipers also, previous oh, wow. to uh, working with the Jesus and Mary chain. As I had moved to London in about 1989, he got in touch with me, or I stayed in touch. You know, I kept his phone number and called him. I lived over there, and, and he said, oh, by the way, I'm going to be in London uh, within the next week or so, when that was back in historic times. And uh, he said he wanted to drop by because he had some news for me, and I was like, okay, well. So he came by and he said that uh, he was working for the Jesus and Mary chain at that time and that they uh, were having problems with their rhythm section and he was going to try to get me an audition and uh, he didn't know, he told me he didn't know if he could get me an audition but he said that if he could get me one that I would definitely get the job. So he got me an audition, the Jesus and Mary chain management office called me, set up a time and that night I stayed up before I went in for the audition, and my wife at the time, she had like two or three, uh, I think she had uh, Automatic and uh, one other Mary Chain um, thing on cassette tape, and I, uh, I learned about 13 songs, 
and uh, went into the uh, audition the next day, and they did five songs, none of which I'd heard before, which were all new. But having said that, after you know working on the material until like one in the, in the morning previous to that, I got their style down pretty good, and I down pick everything and do four four. I don't do any upstrokes, which I don't know. That's something I I learned implicitly from Greg Sage. He drilled it into me for mm. years that you know there are no upstrokes and you don't do that. And so it it gave me a style that uh, the Jesus and Mary Chain they really dug it. And wow. Darren William actually told their uh, American tour manager at one point that I was the best place bass player they'd had up until that point. Wow, which went to my head. Why not? Well. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to deal with it at the time. Well, they were. Uh, it sounds like you stepped into a situation that was on, on a much bigger level. Oh yeah. And and what was that like comparatively, just from having been? I mean, the Wipers seem like they're pretty DIY and. Well, um, I kind of uh, was all about getting uh, inebriated in one way or another. Oh, okay. And having as much fun as I possibly could, mm-hmm. and prior and just before I went on that tour, I was working on a building site, you know, in England, and having like people yelling at me, "Epines and blind and that, and Americans coming over here stealing our boats, stealing <laughs> our jobs, and blah blah blah." And now you're a rock star there. And now I'm on the on tour of the Mary Chain, and it's like, well, what do you want of anything? You can have some more of oh. everything. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And so I kind of uh, didn't handle myself in as professional of a manner as I wish I would have. And, oh, I see. Uh, and eventually it came to a point to where I think the last thing I did with them was a, um, a video of uh, two songs they still do, Snake Driver and uh, Something I Can't Have. Mm-hmm. We did that um, live on the Jules Holland, later with Jules Holland show over in the BBC Two studios. Well, how was that? How was doing that show live with Pardon Jules Holland? How was doing that show live with Jules Holland? Uh, it was cool. It was cool. Um, let's see. Paul Weller was there. Wow. Lena, Lena Fiag- Fiagby was there. And I don't remember who else was there, but it was it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was it was you know it was in a studio setting and we had been on tour for a while, so it was a little bit more sedate and more of a controlled environment because um, we had been playing you know outdoors on that Lollapalooza tour in '92 prior to that. Oh wow, <laughs> the, crazy! Uh, the dirt and dust tour. tour. Well, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually got a shirt. You know, somebody threw their flannel flannel shirt in the middle of the song and it landed right on my head, and I was just blinded for seconds so <laughs> the uh, guitar roadie came and pulled it off my head I also got hit by a muddy shoe once some place in upstate New York oh that doesn't sound fun at all <laughs> funnily enough it was <laughs> in fact the whole thing was just like too much fun and when I had to come back and go to work I was kind of like oh I'm not prepared to go back to work don't mm. you realize I'm a star I don't have to fix doorknobs and change light bulbs oh funny fix plumbing issues, but I did. Well, so you've been all over the place, though. That's pretty great. Yeah, I traveled a fair amount. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to play it up. You can downplay it all you want, but I'm just going to say that, you know, you've you've really contributed to some really great bands, and uh, and I'm very, very proud to have you on the show, and one of the reasons why you're here is to guest DJ. So, um, right. the first piece in your set... Is the Pink Fairies. Yeah, so why did you choose that? Uh, basically, personally, I was, you know, I lived in London for about nine years, and I was always fascinated, and I don't know why this was, but I was always fascinated that there was a, there was like a connection between the Pink Fairies, uh, Hawkwinds, and Motorhead. Uh, Larry Wallace, who was uh, played guitar in the Pink Fairies, went on to later play with uh, Motorhead, and of course, Lemmy, who was in the Hawkwinds. And Motorhead, so it was kind of weird, but um, I just love this song. It's like um, it kind of speaks to uh, and to me personally, and the uh, sentiment I like to echo is like people say so much more than they actually do, and like all these songs you hear that people are going to do this, and do that, tear this down, and do this, and do that. It's like do it. I don't want to hear you talk about it. I don't want to like see something. It's an action statement, basically. Awesome. Do it. All right. So my guest DJ is Brad Davidson, and the first song in his 
program set is by the Pink Fairies. have returned. Brad Davidson, are you there? I'm here. Ha ha! We still have you. And I, yeah. I, I do want to say that Brad is on the um, on the West Coast, so this is early for him, and I do really appreciate you being on. That's alright. That's uh, my pleasure. I was up anyway. I, was, I start work at 8 o'clock, and I had to punch out for this, but... Eh. <laughs> and then you'll go back. Hey, sacrifices must be made. Yes, I will go back. Mm. We got a lot of people on the playlist who are just loving the fact that you just played Chrome, and 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 myself as well. Let's talk a little bit about why you did choose Chrome for your playlist. Well, Chrome, Chrome slash Helios Creed is yes, yes. Uh, the guy's a genius. He's like I put him up there. You know, I put him and Greg Sage basically in the same in the same classes. Uh, mm, genius guitar songwriters and uh I was heavily influenced by uh Helios Creed and Chrome from quite a ways back and um In a Dream is one of my favorite songs off Red Exposure. I got a CD of that and uh read um re released through I think Cleopatra. That song was on Red Exposure but I it didn't come out on one on the C D I got the reissue. Yeah, I think uh Cleopatra did reissue quite a bit of their stuff. Yeah. Thank God for Chrome. They're just one of those. Oh yeah. Those. That's you know, know, if you find out that somebody likes Chrome, it's like it just makes you more comfortable with them right away. Oh yeah, because it's again, it's like you know, people that are like into I don't know, quote unquote, alternative music. Uh, and I hate this term indie, which is like doesn't really mean anything anymore. I was just uh, going to say that exactly. It, it, what does indie mean? Yeah, exactly. I've said that for so many years. Indie, what do you mean? Well, it's kind of indie sort of like thing. And I'm like, well, you know, that stems from the days when, you know, people used to put out their own, you know, uh, their own uh, records and stuff uh, on on an independent label. And that's where that came from, not sort of a genre of music. And and at at that time, it did sort of mean, have uh, some connotations as to... uh, you know, more fringy type of thing. And now it's just sort of like, doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. You know, we have a question from one of the listeners for you, and they wanted to know your reaction, or, or actually they wanted to know if you were mad about um, hearing, I guess, the Foo Fighters song Everlong, which is, uh, a, as as many say, a, a, a wiper's ripoff, and, and a very popular song. Do you have any feelings on that? Well, I think that, like, Greg Sage should be more... Uh, have more of an affront towards that than I would, but yeah, I mean, of course, I would like 
Greg Sage, love the guy, and his book, and one of my best close personal friends for many years. So I take exception that he's been uh, sort of plagiarized. But um, aside from that, what I would like to think that where you know someone would do with uh, having that having that being the case. Uh, and I'm not going to name any names, but should probably give a little credit where credit is due, you know. And I noticed there's not a lot of that in this day and age. It's like they used to say that the 80s or whatever, the 70s was the me generation. I've never seen a more, you know, head stuck up your uh, wherever uh, generation or, or, or decade than, than this one or even the past two decades where everybody's, oh, it's all about me and, like, everybody else can screw off and, uh, you know, this dog-eat-dog sort of, like, I'm not going to give anybody credit because that would be less for me. It's like this selfish, uh, self-obsessed generation uh point in time that's like part of the reason the world is the way it is right now it's like you know gotta get on top gotta get that sexy sexy car and what kind of car do you drive brad i drive an 88 uh mercedes it's a gas guzzler and uh that's sexy in its own way uh, not right now it really needs a wash <laughs> plus it's white and it's got some rust spots but you know it's a it's a goer not a shower so nice. um and i need it to get to work because I got a fair, fair hike to get to work in the morning every day. And uh, I didn't mean to cut you off from the point that you were trying to make, which is just basically about I, I think the music industry and and a, and a lot of younger people in a way, because it seems like you're really all about the music and you're still expressing yourself and you're, you know, you're doing music projects. And uh, we live in a time where there's people can put out one song and get it huge on the internet, and they don't necessarily have to be talented, and you know, they rip people off and whatever. But, you know, I always like hearing the old school rants. I didn't mean to actually cut you off, but you said the. You know, and I could go on, and I don't want to get stuck in this because this would this this could take up a, a large portion of the of our time together. But okay. the fact is, is you know, it's it's with with like you know the 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 iPhone and the the digital age we live in, and you know everything. You know, I could go on and on about you know everything you know in relation to that, but uh, you know the. It's more seemingly to be about, you know, I would say, sometimes I say it's, it's you know, your band is, uh, people are judging or, like, you know, making a determination on, on, on rock bands or any other kind of bands about what they look like as opposed to what they sound like. But really, it's more about what they look like they sound like than what they sound like. It's like if you dress metal, <laughs> you're a metal band. It's like, I don't know where this screamo or emo or whatever it is suddenly became metal. And I'm right. not defending any particular genre, but it's just that's that's just one particular case in point example of what I think I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, but no, that's, and that's a great observation. It's more about what you look like, you sound like. Yeah. Yeah, 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 which is pretty. So, so what do you look like? You sound like now. Well, yeah, you know, Phantom Ratio is your current band, and uh, folks, you can like them on that that big internet Facebook thing in the sky that Brad is not really. So keen to but talk we will about. Have, we, uh, having said that, that will take you to our um, future as to be designed at no one specific, specified. So it, and it looks like you're wearing a cape. Now, time in the future uh, website that we do have. Well, actually, that's part of the, the science fiction thing. Is I uh, I started the show because I've uh, I've we've uh, also you know not only are we a rock band but we've also decided to. Uh, become a bit of a cult and develop a part of a following that way in an attempt to uh, insulate ourselves uh, against economic cycles, if at all possible. And um, I start the show in a uh, gas mask, uh, rubber, and a uh, cloak and rubber gloves. You know, a cloak is so much of a better word than cape. And is there a real difference between a cloak and a cape? It's a cape. A cloak. Cloak Whichever. sounds better, though. I don't know. Cloak has definitely know. got a more, you know, hidden, evil thing. Cape can be like a child in his underoos, you know, playing yeah. Superman. Yeah. It's it's kind of a Bela Lugosi meet part of the uh, science fiction B-movie uh, black and white thing. And, and, that's... and I can't really go into too much detail, and I can't explain it, but it's true. Okay. Okay. I do not want wish to push you. You're my you're my guest here, and we're we're going to we're going to get the most out of this time. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. So the um, the next set that you have programmed got a couple uh, couple long songs in it. Why don't you talk about the first one? Uh, that'd be Suicide by Alan Vega, uh, or sorry, Frankie Teardrop by uh, Suicide and Alan Vega and Martin Rev. That is one of the most chilling songs I've ever heard. And Alan Vega had this piercing scream that uh, kind of sent chills down your spine. Did you first hear this when it came out? Uh, well, no, not right when it came out, but, you know, 81, 82, right around there. It probably came out in 78, but, uh, and then, um, Suicide was fascinating. It's just like two guys, and, uh, Alan Vega did all the vocals, and Martin Rev uh, built this, uh, keyboard with, uh, kind of like, it sounded like, um, Casio, uh, rhythm generator going through with a lot of reverb on it. Just a, It was just really cool, very eerie, and real sign of the times sort of song or dealing with the the, the issues that were uh, were prevalent at the time mm-hmm. in New York. It was like, I remember that that was right right after uh, you know, our, New York had the garbage strike. There were like, you know, like, what do they call them, super rats. Like oh yeah! Dogs running around, just like the way New York was at the time. It just—it was kind of like a soundtrack to the that place at the time. So, um, so that's what we're gonna we're gonna go to next. My guest is Brad Davidson. The next song on his playlist is Frankie Teardrop from Suicide. Frankie, and he's working in a factory. He's working from seven to five. Frankie, Frankie. Cause things are just too hard. Frankie can't make enough money. Frankie can't buy enough. Frankie picked up a gun Pointed at the six-month-old kid in the crib Oh, Frankie
And we have returned. I'm back with Brad Davidson. Brad, are you there? I'm here. Hi, we're back. Yes, yes, we are. And uh, thanks for playing Halo of Flies, one of my favorite all-time songs. Yeah, funny how things work out sometimes. We haven't even really spoke, and uh, we're uh, somehow on a, uh, connected by the invisible web that uh, connects us all. <laughs> exactly. Here we are. And I do want to mention that, that Brad is also, we'll be hearing some Phantom Ray Show a little bit later in the, uh, in the program. And Phantom Ray Show does have a Facebook page, which um, I know that you, you're not as, as fond of mentioning as I can be. Well, I'm not a chronic Facebooker, but I have used it, uh, like I say, to contact, you know, the good things have come out of it. Basically, I just used it to, you know, initially promote my rock band and uh, Phantom Ray Show. And, uh, uh, we're also can uh, you can there's a couple of contacts I'd like to mention that are doing bookings and some of our more um, executive business and there's two names there's a Judy Wright G J U D I W R I G H T in San Diego who is helping with bookings and uh, like I say some of our logistics and also Lisa L I S A H Nicholson N I C H O L S-O-N, who is also in San Diego, Solana Beach. He was also helping and can be con- contacted in connection with business dealings with Phantom Ratio. Very good. Cool. How long have you been in the uh, the San Diego area for? Uh, I must have been down here for about, I don't know, 10 years or so. It's been a while. Oh, cool. Um, I was going to move to Austin in Texas at one point, you know, when it was became known at that time that it was a few years ago that it was like the music the live music capital of the country and then something came up that I didn't that didn't come about so but I'm going to be here for a while okay and I know that you're on a break from work so I know that you're gainfully employed and that's always good is there much of a music scene in that area right now um I don't know that it's there is but it's kind of like I don't know maybe it's due to my age or whatever that is going on right now that I'm not really 
akin to, but there's a sort of like a, I don't know, it's like a lot, there is, but it's kind of a kind of a scene that's uh, a little bit more um, superfluous and sort of kind of like funny, silly kind of uh, fashion orientated, so it's not really, not really as much into heavy rock music as they were, say, at a time, mm-hmm. San Diego, that is, uh, when a time when there were, you know, like, bands like, you know, uh, Drive Like Jehu, Hot Snakes, um, Rocket from the Crypt. Right, yeah, some great bands in that area. Yeah, great bands at the time, and, uh, like, our former dr- or our drummer now uh, formerly played with a band Fluff, who uh, uh, did a, quite a bit more, and it's like there's just not many bands like that around anymore. I would like to also give a, give a, give a name check to our drummer, Scott Taylor, who I'm um, very appreciative uh, that we found. He's our second drummer in the lineup, who basically did all the artwork that you'll see on our, fan, our Facebook page. Uh, and, uh, you know, by the way, um, you can hear two more uh, Phantom Ratio songs that you won't hear today by going to our Facebook page and clicking on the Phantom Ratio icon at the top of the page, um, which will take you to our band page, or just go straight to our band page, click on that and there's a couple of songs that we give away for free. And who Scott used to, Scott did all that, Scott mm-hmm. Taylor, and he um, also did um, played with uh, Joe Wood's version of uh, TSOL for a while. Oh, wow. Before we uh, before he played with us. And how often does Phantom Ratio play out? We do about three or four shows a month. Oh, good. Um, but, you know, there'll be a month or so go by where we don't do, but maybe one, because we're trying to, uh, we're not as much of a bar band when people are really wasted, they're not really as receptive to hearing <laughs> us, no matter how good they are. I mean, I I did a show a couple of weeks back that, like, I could have sworn it could have been Jimi Hendrix playing, and, like, people would have still gone, like, wandered out to throw up in the bushes. <laughs> um, and that was, like, what you asked me before about Portland, it was, like, exactly the opposite back in those days, because, uh, like, this is, like, what, early late 70s, early 80s, people would go to see bands, you know? Right. And there'd be all-age shows, and of course, like, if you were underage, you know, you wouldn't be drinking, you'd be there to see a band. There was a lot of interest in that, which there isn't as much of in this day and age, and, like, partly that's to do with, uh, there's, like, everybody and their brother plays in a band anymore. It's not as special. You've got, uh, the next couple songs you chosen are songs that, uh, that are from the Wipers, and uh, why did you choose these? Uh, Wipers, better off dead. That's like a, uh, a ingeniously clever song. It's really simple, but it conveys more of an emotion rather than um, a uh, mechanical musical proficiency. So much, although it is that's still at a high level, but it it gets a lot. It says a lot with a little. And it's just a great song. It's something that I, I'm not even on that record, on that song. It conveyed to me at that time, like, you know, it was great to, I was an unhappy kid, to be perfectly honest, and uh, I thought it was great to hear that there was other people in the world that felt like I did. Yeah, well, you do you, you do realize you're not alone, especially in music. Music is one of those things that can disrupt your thought process and have you realize something something else is possible. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I I still believe that. I believe in uh, miracles happening all the time. They always happen when we want them to is the only... Well, they wouldn't be miracles if you wanted them to happen. Yeah. At that moment. But but sometimes you can look back on something and realize that it was a miracle. Yeah, hey, wow, that did happen. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, and this may not really be applicable at all, but you were saying that you were a science fiction band. Would you consider playing the theremin? Would that fit in with Phantom Ratio? Uh, we do a little bit of theremin oh, on okay. uh, one of our songs, Screw Your Face Up. Oh, which, good. Which uh, has, has some sexual, uh, some sexual dominance um, connotations suggestive of in the song, which mm-hmm. kind of ties in with my, uh, my hood mask gloves. Uh, cloak thing, okay. um, and there's a little theremin on that. We're trying to we're trying to uh, branch out into some more effects type things, and I wish that and that that you know at some point in time I will become more technically proficient. We, I, and with help of my my, my cohorts, 
is one thing I really dug about uh, Chrome and Helios Creed is they just use a lot of that stuff really yeah. tastefully. Mm-hmm. And then coming from the the background of the wipers, which is you know strictly three piece, right. um, I. I uh, you, you've just got such a scope to be able to sort of uh, look at at what that offers, and I'm sure it is a pro- much more appropriate in phantom ratio. What would the wipers sound like if they had had a theremin? Uh, I don't think that ever <laughs> would have happened, really, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, Greg did a lot of stuff in like he on Youth of America. He did some amazing stuff, and some people might know what I'm talking about, but he had uh, some uh, guitar parts on that particular track, Youth of America, mm-hmm. uh, that he actually pulled the uh, the two-inch uh, tape off the record head and um, let it just re-record and re-record, sort of like a uh, like a uh, an Echoplex type thing. Wow. So, it, like, uh, and he was actually using an Echoplex also on that, which is uh, an analog... Uh, delay effect so uh he did some like some production wizardry i don't think that he would have been and obviously was all that prone to uh using um you know other devices i.e instruments uh other than guitar bass and drums on the recordings but having said that he did you know like i say and this echoes what i was saying about um better off dead he did a lot with a little amazing guy are you in touch now no, I haven't seen Greg for a couple of years. He's living in Arizona, but uh, mm-hmm. me and, and a friend of mine drove out there, and I was able to just talk with him for a couple of minutes. It was really good to catch up, and I would like to speak more, but... Uh, well, maybe you will. Yeah, I would like to hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I occasionally speak to uh, a drummer that I spent more time playing the wipers with than, than anyone else, Steve Pluck. Mm-hmm. who is on everything from, I think, uh, Follow Blind on up until The Circle. Right. Which would be Follow Blind, uh, End of the Lost, uh, Circle. I don't remember. I can't. I know it was definitely those. And so my guest is Brad Davidson. And uh, thanks again for taking the time out because he is calling in from the West Coast and, and all the preparation that you did for the show because we've been back and forth with the, with the playlist and stuff. Um, yeah. So we're going to hear a couple songs from the Wipers, something else then too, and uh, we'll be back.
All right, folks, your guess is as good as mine. Brad? Yep. So you played some Captain and Tennille. That just kind of like, you know, everybody's got those songs that like remind you of a particular point in time, and that for me reminds me of kind of like uh, early, late, late junior high school, middle school, as we called it, when I was in Washington State at the time, uh -huh. with my aunt and uncle and my cousin. It was just kind of, uh, it just reminds me of that time, really, and it's kind of a personal thing. But uh, aside from that, I think that I'm a sucker for a, for a well-done pop song, and that's just one of them. Did you, uh, did you watch the Captain and Tennille variety show? No, I didn't. You know, that's the thing. Is like, uh, I was so young at, at that time that, like, I think probably about anything that I watched at the time was Gilligan's Island and the Brady Bunch. <laughs> they did have a short run there. It's, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I may catch up with that. But Daryl Dragon was a great songwriter, and Tony Tennille, a great singer, and I think she had a... I, I just, you know, she had a, a female pop singer. She was fantastic, and he was a great songwriter, and they just did a good job. They were great craftsmen at their trade. Hmm, very good. Persons. Well, that, I have to say that is the first time that I've played Captain and Teal on this program. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, well, all breaking good. ground. Yeah, no, it's great, and, I, and I'm really glad. And for those of you who are just tuning in, I have Brad Davidson on the line. He is calling in from uh, San Diego, and uh, he's guest DJing today. Has really played a, a great and varied set list. So before that, um, we heard some Steely Dan. Yeah, kind of the same thing. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a cool uh, snapshot of the mid to late 70s when a lot of that kind of like stuff was coming out or had come out. And I think that uh, they still had... Uh, Oh, uh, Jeff Baxter playing guitar with them, who uh, went on to join the Doobie Brothers. And, you know, there was a, a lot of cool things about the 70s that uh, that kind of didn't carry over as much into the 80s, uh, which was like the start of the whole me generation decade that's gone on for more than... A generation or so that uh that that really didn't like i say uh you know and things that didn't even happen back then have uh carried through like you know the shoestring in your hair type thing for a headband which uh nobody ever did right well somebody did yeah uh, yeah well <laughs> debatable debatable you know Got a lot of people have ideas about what was going on and what it was like and what the what America was like? I don't know. It's just kind of a a thing that uh, it's kind of nostalgic for me, and it's something that I I like. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of going to uh, especially Yasui Dan reminds me of when uh, back in the day when we used to go get a haircut when your parents would take you for, to get a haircut in the, the salon. Uh -huh. You know, it wasn't the barber shop anymore, and you'd have like some you know attractive woman washing your hair and being like 13 or 14 you're kind of like whoa you know it's usually steely dan or something similar with playing in the background that's uh that's just a good song right another another good songwriting team was uh you know donald fagan and, and walter becker they 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 were great i.e steely dan yeah and then before that a, a pair of wiper songs one you played on and one you didn't right yeah, I mm -hmm. I uh I played part of the bass on Youth of America and I I forgot when I heard that back coming out I had to put it on speakerphone for a minute cuz I had to go drive down the street and buy a pack of smugs. I did uh the backing vocals on that at the end. Oh wow. See? Yeah. Nice reminder. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. We're going to get to another song and then uh, and then we're, we're going to finish out the program with some Phantom Ratio. Phantom Ratio is uh, is Brad's current band now. But before we get to that, you did have one other selection. So what do you want to say about this before we go into it? Uh, that's Iggy, Sister Midnight, and that's like after the Stooges. I can't remember if that's off of uh, The Idiot it or is. Uh, yep. New it, Values. Yeah, it's off The Idiot. But those were... Right. But, um... That 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 reminds me of uh, also like when I first started getting into uh, you know what was uh, coined as alternative music at the time, and uh, that's a song I remember hearing on a local Portland uh, station 
community station, KBOO, and I used to hear that. That was from uh, Pat Baum, who uh, used to play drums in a Portland band that I also used to go see pretty often. It was the Neo Boys, an all-girl punk rock band from Portland, and uh, Pat, the drummer, was the DJ, and I remember her playing that song quite a bit, so, you know, maybe it'll have a similar effect on some of your listeners. And at this point, you know, I, I kind of like was limited as to, to what I could pick because due to our time limitations. But a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of stuff. This this is kind of on of the same era of like a lot of stuff that I was getting into, like the Stooges, the Ramones, the Dead Boys, uh, MC5, and uh, this is kind of a a, uh, a cross section of uh, that. So my guest is Brad Davidson, and. Uh, This is one of his final selections for the afternoon. Stay tuned. We've got some Iggy for you next. And we are back with Brad Davidson. Are, there, are you there, sir? Yes. All righty. So uh, some, some Iggy, and now the last set that we're going to be going into is a couple of Phantom Ratio numbers. And I, and I have played Phantom Ratio on this program before in the past. That's one of the reasons why, um, why Brad is actually with us today, because we, we're having a conversation on that, the Internet, as it were. About uh, about the new things that he's doing. So, um, where can we find Phantom Ratio? Music? Well, for those of you in Southern California, Carlsbad, uh, Encinitas, uh, San Diego, uh, our record, uh, our our latest release entitled "Bring Us Your Young," can be found at M Theory. That's at uh, 915 West Washington Street in Mission Hills, uh, 92103 at Thirsty Moon, which is at 525 Evans Street, 92103 in Hillcrest. It can be found at Spin Records in Carlsbad. That's at 370 Grand Avenue, 92008. And Lou's Records in Encinitas, which is at 434 North Coast Highway, 101 Encinitas, 92024, if anybody got that. Uh, I'd also like to, uh, now at this point, introduce uh, a couple of Phantom Ratio songs, and at this point, the, the Phantom MC will... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, Brad, but for just a second, though, because I know that you're going to go after this music, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, for sharing your experiences with our listeners, because it's a, it's a big deal, and it's a lot of preparation. 
and uh, and most yeah. of all just for you know for your part in in music in musical history and for what you're still doing you know i mean people there's a recognition of some of the the bass even if it's the bubbling under bass in a lot of the wiper songs um i think a lot oh, of it's yeah. really characteristic and you've contributed quite a lot and uh people are still be- being turned on to the wipers you know to this day so I just want to, you know, to thank you for myself and my own personal experiences and for the listeners and for your contribution. I thank you, Diane, for your appreciation, and I appreciate that of your station and uh, your listeners. And so At on this point, Phantom Ratio. I would like to channel the Phantom. Now, come let us reason together. How long will thou be a stiff-necked people? We come to work miracles, signs and wonders among you to heal the sick and to raise the dead and to perform all manner of paranormal phenomenon. And do we now make a new covenant with thee, that if thou wilt diligently hearken unto that which we command, will our hearts be glad with thee? Come, let us reason. Return to us, that we may have compassion upon thee and you upon us. Let there be no more strife, I pray thee, between me and thee and between yours and mine, for we are brethren. Yes. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. For a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. With that, I give you all of our obstacles by Phantom Ratio. And that concludes another podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. More on the way. I am Diane Kamikaze. Check my Twitter and my Instagram. Handle is one word, Diane Kamikaze. Kamikaze ends with an E. On Facebook, you can find me as Diane Kamikaze Farris, rocker for life and making a difference. The full link to my uh, index of shows and podcasts is can be found on wfmu.org slash playlists slash DK. Those are, that's a capital D and a capital K. I'm going to be working on encore presentations, and I've got years of old interviews and podcasts. So if there's something that you'd like to see reposted that you missed, please get in touch. Send me email, diane at wfmu.org. And be sure to subscribe to the show. And if you like it, please rate it and review it. Wow. WFMU. Peer pressure. Thank you. See you next time.